Today is a, uh, it's not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Just a few hours after the Supreme Court of the United States overturned Roe v. Wade, President Biden addressed the nation. He wanted to talk about pills. Some states are saying that they'll try to ban or severely restrict access to these medications. He wanted to make sure people knew he would fight for access to abortion pills. But extremist governors and state legislators are looking to block the mail or search a person's medicine cabinet or control a woman's actions by tracking data on her apps she uses are wrong and extreme and out of touch with the majority of Americans. Head on today explained abortion pills, how they work, how to get them, and the battle over access. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Today, today explain. Rachel Cohen, senior policy reporter at Vox, the Supreme Court overturned Roe on Friday. That means millions of people in America no longer have access to a clinic that can provide a safe, legal abortion. What are those people's options other than, say, getting on a plane, getting in a car, and driving to a state that will provide an abortion? So the biggest alternative option for people who no longer have in-person clinic care. And to be clear, there are still clinics open, but more states are moving to ban abortion entirely now that Rose overturned. The big sort of alternative option is what's known as medication abortion. These are two drugs. One's called mifepristone, the other's called misoprostol. My provider told me that I could take mifeprex or MIFI on the first day. Then, about 24 to 48 hours later, I would take the second medicine, the four mesoprostol pills. You're effectively inducing a miscarriage. You're ending your pregnancy by producing the same physical experience as having a miscarriage. Miffy ends a pregnancy by blocking progesterone. The second pill makes the uterus contract like it does during a period, and the pregnancy gets pushed out of the body. Okay, so mifepristone and mesoprostol, are these kind of like plan B, like the morning after pill situation? They're not the same. It's important to understand the difference. Plan B, the morning after pill, is what we call, you know, emergency contraception, and those prevent a pregnancy. Mifepristone and mesoprostol 
end an early stage pregnancy. So that's that's the difference. How often are Americans using these pills? They now account for more than half of all U.S. abortion. And that's for, you know, a couple of reasons. One is that they can be a lot cheaper than getting in-person abortion care. They can be a lot more accessible. You can get them in the mail. Um, So if you live really far from a clinic, you can get it that way. And some people just prefer to do the whole thing in the comfort of their own home. What kind of abortions are these useful for? The drugs are recommended to be used in the first 10 to 12 weeks of a pregnancy. Um, So that's the first trimester. But I think it's also important to know that over 90% of abortions do occur in the first trimester. You know, it overlaps well. When you can use the pills safely also overlaps when most abortions happen. Are these pills safe? They're very safe. Decades of research has shown that it's a safe way to end a pregnancy with very little risk of complications. Less than 0.4% of patients required hospitalization, according to the Guttmacher Institute. The National Academies of Sciences has also affirmed it as a very safe method to end a pregnancy. So, you know, as long as you take it sort of within the recommended time of first 10 to 12 weeks of a pregnancy, for the vast majority of people, not everyone, but for, for most people, it's a very safe option. How long have mifepristone and misoprostol been around? So misoprostol has been around since the early 1970s. It's used for all sorts of things. It was first developed in the U.S. to treat stomach ulcers. It's sold over the counter all over the world for a lot of things. It's also used to manage miscarriages. The history of learning to use these pills was in the late 1980s and early 1990s in Brazil. They learned sort of how to use these pills to induce abortions because it was illegal in Brazil and they couldn't do it in a hospital, you know, in another formal setting. The other drug, mifepristone, that was first approved in the U.S. by the FDA in 2000. So it's been legal for over two decades. There was another generic version of it approved in 2019. So these drugs have been around, and but they're more highly regulated in the U.S. than, than even in other countries. Why is one more regulated than the other? You know, one has been around for a longer time and and used for just a lot of other things. Uh There's a lot of expert opinion that these drugs are over highly regulated, especially in the U.S. You know, there's lower risk of complications for these drugs, you know, from misuse than like Viagra or Tylenol or penicillin. So there's, there's definitely a lot of people in the U.S. experts who say we should be making these easier for people to access. They're, you know, as safe to use as other drugs we make accessible, uh, but that's where politics comes into play. You mentioned that some countries have these pills available over the counter. Does the United States? You can't get them over the counter. And, you know, in fact, before COVID, we had rules that, you know, they literally had to be dispensed in the presence of, of a physician. There's been a lot of changes over the last two years, first because of COVID and then just because of the Biden administration. Since the pandemic, the FDA has allowed abortion pills to be dispensed via the mail to people who need it, although there are still states that have bans on getting it by mail. Texas is one of 19 states that ban abortion visits through telemedicine. Pro-choice groups believe several other states may soon follow. But at least in more liberal states that are friendlier to abortion access, you now can get the you know, necessary recommended dosages without going into a a clinic physically. How much do these pills cost? 
it can vary it can vary by your state. You know, in some states, it could be covered by your insurance if you have insurance that covers abortion care. U.S.-based providers, it's generally a couple hundred dollars. There is also a European-based provider that you can order from that offers it for $150. I think the important sort of takeaway to know about medication abortion is that it is generally uh, hundreds of dollars cheaper than in-person surgical abortion because, you know, you're not having to pay for a more expensive procedure and you generally don't need to pay for travel and lodging and some states have waiting periods. And, and so it's not the right answer for everyone, but there are definitely some economic advantages to it. Since they're not like wildly expensive, I wondered if people keep them around just in case, like in the medicine cabinet along with everything else. Or do you think that might start happening more now? Yeah. So I actually wrote a story about this uh, last week. This is an idea. It hasn't gone mainstream yet, but there are more reproductive health experts that are saying we do need to be talking about this option more given what we know about the safety of using the pills and given what we know about the coming restrictions we're going to have. Of course, not everybody can afford to pay $150 up front to have a backup option. And I should say the shelf life of these pills, misoprostol has about a two-year shelf life. Mifepristone has about a five-year shelf life. For some people, paying $150 to have kind of like a backup option in case you have an unplanned pregnancy in your home is a good option. And it can be easier for some people to budget $150 in advance than have to scrounge up hundreds of dollars in the moment if they realize they're pregnant and, you know, have a time crunch. For other people, that wouldn't make sense. It's unlikely to be covered by insurance in advance. I think to your question, it is an option that reproductive health experts are saying We should be talking about this more. Start a conversation with your provider. If you live in a state, like for example, in Texas, they made it illegal to get pills after seven weeks of pregnancy, even though the FDA has said it is safe, you know, through 10 weeks. Uh, And other uh, international health organizations say it's safe through 12 weeks. So if you live in a state where you can't order pills after seven weeks, but maybe you don't even realize you're pregnant until you're eight weeks pregnant, then having the pills already at home would be a good option in that case. It sounds like there's already a fight over these pills, and my guess is there's about to be a lot more. That is very accurate. (laughs) Rachel Cohen returns in a minute on Today Explained. Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile, the only cell phone that tastes good. When the deal is too good to be true, there's probably a catch, right? That incredibly cheap flight to Europe? You probably can't bring a bag or pick your seat or use the restroom. So when I tell you that Mint Mobile offers wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably wondering, what's the catch? Well, according to Mint Mobile, there is no catch. According to Mint Mobile, it's only 15 bucks a month and their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, you can go to mintmobile.com slash explain. That is mintmobile.com slash explain. You can cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash explain. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Support for Today Explained comes from Ramp. This ad goes out to all the finance professionals looking for love. I'm just kidding. Looking for a better way to simplify business finance across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting. And to all the accountants tired of the same old finance software, Ramp may be the answer you've been looking for. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. So what does that mean? Well, according to Ramp, they give finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. Issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions. Automate expense reporting so you don't waste time. Ramp says its accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so that you don't have to. That could put an end to chasing down receipts and to your employees spending hours submitting expense reports. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members FDIC. Terms and conditions do apply. Today explained Rachel Cohen box with with Roe overturned. Abortion pills seem like a new battleground between those who want people to be able to access abortion and those who don't. What's the conversation been like around these pills since Friday? In the last few days, pills have have been coming up a lot. Biden gave a speech on Friday saying he was going to work to make sure that these pills remain available nationwide. Attorney General Merrick Garland said he was going to use the powers of the Justice Department to crack down on states trying to ban medication abortion. I think a really big question that we don't have clear answers to right now is is how these battles between the federal government and the states are going to play out when there's no longer a constitutional right to abortion. How can states ban medicine that the FDA has approved? What rights do states have to set these rules if it's legal in other states? These are all really uncharted questions that are going to be shaking out in the post-Roe era. Do we know if state governments in, in states where abortion is now illegal or about to be illegal can go after people who obtain and use these pills? This creates a lot of really complex new questions. How we both obtain and provide abortions has changed a lot since 1973, thanks to telehealth medicine, thanks to medication abortion, thanks to mail-order pharmacies. So, for example, while laws around telemedicine generally defer to the location of the patient, if you're a provider in New Jersey where abortion is legal, could you face criminal penalty for mailing pills to a patient who lives in a state where abortion is illegal if the patient traveled to New Jersey for their appointment with you? Or what if the pills were sent to an address in a liberal state like Delaware and then forwarded on through the mail to Texas where it's illegal, Mm. either by friend or a mail forwarding service? These are sort of all these questions that it's not clear who's going to have jurisdiction over which state and, you know, aggressive prosecutors 
people think might be sort of eager to test the limits of the laws of their states. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder in the Texas case if, like, someone could sue the United States Postal Service for delivering these pills to someone. Right. I think it's important to sort of point out that the anti-abortion movement's goal is not to have a patchwork of states that are abortion-restrictive and and other states where you can get abortion. Like, they want to make abortion illegal and inaccessible everywhere nationwide. That is the end goal. And so— In this new post-Roe era, there's going to be efforts to sort of push the limits of how state restrictions can spread into other states. There's going to be efforts to see, okay, can I go after a provider in New Jersey who gave an abortion to, you know, a woman in my state? We don't know yet how those efforts are going to shake out. Have we seen any efforts to police abortion pills and, and access to them already? Yeah. So a majority of states already have, you know, some sort of restriction on medication abortion, but there are no states that have banned the medication outright. And there's a lot of questions about like whether that would be legal since it's an FDA approved drug. There's a lot of talk now about kind of trying to do that, especially as now states just ban abortion outright. Up to this moment, most restrictions on medication abortion have been around like how you can get it Do you have to get it in person? Does it have to be dispensed by a physician? Can it be sent through the mail? Um, At what week, you know, Texas, last year, Texas passed a new law saying that you can't get medication abortion after seven weeks in a pregnancy, even though the FDA has approved it up through 10. I'm sure some states are going to try to just ban it outright. Other states are just going to try to keep chipping away to make it harder and harder to access But the flip side and the sort of the upside is that it's going to be really, really difficult for them to police now that these pills can be mailed. People will be taking on new risks for each other, but there's going to be an underground passageway of these pills. And that's just a reality that couldn't and didn't exist before Roe. Can pro-abortion states do anything to protect abortion providers or people traveling to their states to seek care? So what we are seeing now in the past couple months, there has been a new effort by Democratic controlled states to pass what they're calling shield laws, basically different laws to try to protect providers from out of state prosecution, from out of state complaints. There's all these different ways that if you get too many complaints and you're a medical health provider, then you're insurance costs go up. You can lose your license if you have too many different complaints. There's all these different ways that you can get harassed or it can make it too difficult to provide the care. So blue states are looking at ways to kind of help shield providers in their states from that kind of harassment or intimidation or legal prosecution. It is an open question though right now about whether or not these providers can be held liable for certain harms that red states might allege. I think another important question is like, to what extent does a prosecutor in Alabama have, what powers do they have to actually make a doctor in New York show up at court if the doctor refuses to participate? And we don't really know. How are the people who live in states with strict abortion bans who aren't traveling across state lines typically getting these pills? People living in those states that have restrictions 
a lot of them are turning to this nonprofit based in Europe called Aid Access. We have a unique opportunity with Dr. Gompertz being in Europe that we're able to provide telehealth abortion to all 50 states. So Aid Access was founded in 2018 by physician and abortion provider named Rebecca Gompertz. She has been providing abortion around the world for several decades. I will start now talking a little bit about our work, and I will start with the work of um, Women on Waves. And Women on Waves was founded 20 years ago. Um, and the idea was that if you have a ship, uh, then you can go to a country where abortion is illegal and you can take women outside international waters because the local criminal laws don't apply anymore. But she actually avoided helping out the U.S. because unlike many other countries, we, well, up until Friday, had a constitutional right to abortion. Obviously, access was scattered in the U.S., but... Dr. Gompertz had, had sort of dedicated her career to helping women access abortion pills in states where it was just purely illegal. In 2018, she founded Aid Access because after Trump was elected, people were, were giving so many requests for help. The date of 2018, I have counseled around uh, 11,000 women, and of these, I provided the prescription for 2,500 women. And so her whole, basically, model is that if you live in one of these states that has restrictions on medication abortion, um, well, it's not illegal for her, based in Austria, to dispense the pills. So you can put in a request through aid access, and basically, even though Alabama or Texas or prosecutors in Georgia don't want Dr. Gompertz to be sending pills to people living in their states, She's kind of out of their jurisdiction of the law. The drug regulator in America has told you to stop. Will you? Um, as a doctor, I have the obligation to, um, to care for patients that uh, reach out to me and they, that need my help. And the FDA has no say over my medical practice. So uh, as long as I can, uh, can help women, I won't stop. And if, if you're not going with this group Aid Access based out of Austria, are there other places on the Internet? Are there shady corners on the dark web where you can find these kinds of pills? Uh, so, you know, I think it is really important to, like, get vetted medication, you know. So this organization called Plan C Pills, they do a really good job of finding places where you can get safe medication abortion online. I mean, people are going to resort to lots of different methods. We've already seen reports of people crossing into Mexico to get misoprostol where you can get it over the counter. But I, I would say you definitely want to be careful about what websites you order and make sure that the online pharmacies are vetted. And I guess in addition to vetting these pills, the other question is privacy, especially when so much of this is happening online. There's been a lot of concern here about how much your data is going to be tracked when you try to secure an abortion online. Do we have any idea how that pertains to pills? Yeah. I mean, this is a really important question. This is a huge difference from pre-road times. We just didn't have all this sort of tracking data technology. You know, there, there was sort of a lot of media attention on things like period tracking apps and stuff like that. But what a lot of uh, digital security experts say is really kind of some of the biggest vulnerabilities that people face is like text messages or emails or, or things that 
just like basic things, not even just your internet search history, although that is something to be mindful of. I would say right now, there's a couple of things. The first one is that like, yes, you should be mindful about your internet searches and so on, especially if you're thinking about potentially trying to bypass a restriction or figure out a legal loophole. Like you, you want to be careful kind of what you're saying, what you're doing that on, a lot of experts recommend using Signal, which is an encrypted messaging app, et cetera. I think the the bigger point is all of these concerns point to the need for the federal government to follow the steps of other countries and pass stronger consumer protection digital privacy laws. Like we shouldn't be so scared of criminal prosecution for just searching basic questions about healthcare on the internet. You know, in talking about this trigger ban situation on the show yesterday, our, our guest called the current status of abortion in the United States chaos. And now talking to you about the abortion pill situation in the United States, it just feels even more chaotic. Should we just be bracing ourselves for this deluge of legal battles for the next few years? I think we should. I, I think not just legal battles, but there's going to be new tactics of resistance and fighting back both you know, politically and and through activism. I think the only thing that we can really say for sure is that we are not just returning to a pre-1973, pre-Roe v. Wade time. Many anti-abortion activists and conservative legal scholars have sort of long said that if we just overturn Roe v. Wade, then we're going to have this simpler legal landscape. We're going to kind of free the courts from this abortion umpiring business, as Justice Scalia said, you know, back in the 1990s. This idea that we'll just let states decide But that's really just not going to happen. We're going to have a much more chaotic landscape and we're probably going to have this all wind up back at the Supreme Court again to weigh back in on on these questions about out-of-state prosecutions and what what right states have to regulate conduct of of their own citizens. So you're saying this is going to be a total shit show? Unfortunately, yeah. Probably. Rachel Cohen, Vox.com. Our show today was produced by Miles Bryan, edited by Matthew Collette, fact-checked by Laura Bullard, and engineered by Afim Shapiro. The rest of the Today Explained team includes Paul Mounsey, Halima Shah, Avishai Artsy, Hadi Mawagdi, Victoria Chamberlain, and my co-host, Noel King. Extra help this week from John Ahrens. Our audio fellow is Tori Dominguez. Our supervising producer is Amina Al-Sadi. Vox's VP of audio is Liz Kelly Nelson. We use music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Noam Hassenfeld. I'm Sean Ramos for him. Today Explained as part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and we're on the radio in partnership with WNYC. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.